This week is Parshas Noach. And Noah, of course, is the hero of the story of the Parsha. And the Parsha, he arrives at the scene in a very sad time for humanity. You know, the humans have been around for a thousand years or so. And they start to have, uh, they start to degenerate in their morality. They start to misbehave. There's rampant theft. There's uh, promiscuity. Uh, there is a devolvement in the character of humanity. And the Almighty tells Noah, you're righteous. Everyone else is wicked. And we're going to have to have a refresh button. We're going to have to restart from scratch. Uh, however, the Almighty gives about uh, 120 years of grace period to see if the people repent. Ultimately, they don't repent, and Noah's told, build a massive boat and save yourself from the deluge. That's the story. And Noah builds the boat, and he gets into the ark with his family and with lots of food and with all the species that he gathers, and the rest of the world's destroyed. Noah and his family survive. Now, it's interesting, if you look at the sources, they, Noah's a very enigmatic figure. You know, the very first verse of, of this week's parsha describes Noah as a tzaddik, as a righteous person. In the entire Torah, there's only one person that's described as a tzaddik, and that is Noah. Uh, but there is a caveat. It says that he's a tzaddik, but only in his generation. So it's kind of, it's kind of trying to have both ways, trying to split the baby here. He, he is righteous, but he's righteous in his generation. He's maybe not righteous in other generations. And I, I, I want to maybe draw some lessons of the, the Torah's enigmatic treatment of Noah. He, he's righteous, but he's not entirely righteous. He's righteous compared to the people of his time. He's not righteous compared to Moses or compared to Abraham. What's the lesson that we could draw? So first things, I, I feel like Noah always gets the short end of the stick uh, because he's always being compared to Moses and Abraham, the two greatest men that ever lived. And uh, he's criticized. You're not as great as Moses, or you're not as great as Abraham. Uh, and it's interesting how, you know, the Torah, it, it, on one hand, it's very lavish in its praise of Noah. On the other hand, it's very biting in its criticism. I always find it really interesting. So I, want, I want to say, like, you know, try to pull some lessons for us. You know, what, we, what can we learn from the Torah's treatment of Noah and the Torah's character analysis uh, of him? So the first thing we're told is that Noah ish tzaddik. Noah was a man who was a tzaddik. That's the first definition we get of Noah in the beginning of the parsha. In the end of the parsha, after the whole story of the deluge, uh, he starts planting all the produce that he brought with him in the ark. And the way the Torah describes him is ish ha'adama, the man of the land, the man of the field, the farmer. So initially he was ish tzaddik, a man who was righteous, and then he's a ish adama, he's a farmer. There's nothing wrong with being a farmer. It's okay. You know, we, especially in a time where all the agriculture is being destroyed and you have to rebuild. There's nothing wrong with, with, with planting. But the fact that Torah is characterizing him as a farmer, as earthly, is clearly a downgrade. And the Midrash points out that Moshe is also, also called Ish, a man, twice. But initially, he's called Ish Mitzri, an Egyptian man. When he saves the daughters of Yisro, the daughters of Yisro describe him as Ish Mitzri, an Egyptian man saved us. And then all the way at the end of the Torah, it describes him as Ish Elohim, a man of God. And the Midrash points out is that Moshe was always ascendant. 
He started off as an Ishmael to an Egyptian man, nothing special. He's Egyptian. He's just a regular dude. And then he becomes the Ishmael who became a man of God. Whereas Noah, he begins the Torah, the Torah's description of him as an Ish Tzadik, a righteous man. But at the end, he's Ish Adama, he's an earthly man. And I think, you know, if we could be like, if all of us to be like Noah, the world would be very good off, you know, very well off. He was a Tzadik. But I think there's a lesson for us. We probably can't be as great as Noah, certainly not as great as Moshe. But wherever we are in our ladder of life, we could always make sure that the next step that we take is slightly higher than where we were previously. Let's make sure that our trajectory is heading upward. And yes, Noah's beyond us, certainly Moshe's beyond us, but we're told that Noah, maybe he plateaued a little bit, or maybe even had a little dip in his spiritual character. And the Torah, of course, amplifies the misdeeds or the missteps of great people. And it tells us, Noah, he became slightly less. And I think the lesson for us, or the first lesson from Noah, is that we should make sure wherever we are in absolute terms, let's make sure that in relative terms, our uh, our next step, we're always growing, we're always developing, we're always heading up the ladder and not uh, down. That's the first lesson. Now, Rashi, in the beginning of the Parsha, it compares Noah not to Moses, but to Abraham. And it says, Noah was righteous in his generation. However, in Abraham's generation, maybe he wouldn't be righteous. And Rashi brings two interpretations. Either that had he been in Abraham's generation, he would have been even more righteous because he would have had Abraham to guide him. Alternatively, is that in Abraham's generation, compared to Abraham, Noah was righteous in his generation. Compared to Abraham, he wouldn't have amounted to anything. That's the two opinions that Rashi brings. And I think the, the lesson for us is, is if you compare the situation that Noah found himself and the situation that Abraham, they're somewhat similar. For example, Abraham is told that the city of Sodom and Gomorrah is going to be destroyed. And it's very similar to what Noah is told. Noah is told that the whole world is going to be destroyed because of their behavior. Both of them are messages from God. But the way they treat it, the, the way they respond cannot be more different Abraham tries everything he could to intercede and try to pray on their behalf and try to find favor and try to find vindication and to try to gain acquittal for the sinners of his people. Noah goes and builds an ark. Now, true, God told Noah to build an ark and also true that Abraham was unsuccessful in what he tried to do. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed despite what Abraham tried to, did, tried to do. But this shows an attitude. The attitude of Abraham is that he's trying to make everyone around him better. He's trying to improve. He was one who tried to disseminate his message. Noah was very, was very internal. He was very insulated. It was him and his family, and then everyone else, they were on their own. Now, of course, he was righteous, not to question that. But there's a difference between his righteousness and Abraham's righteousness. Abraham made everyone else around him greater. Thus, had Noah been in Abraham's generation... He would have been influenced by Abraham for the positive. Whereas, that's one opinion. The other opinion says that had Noah been in Abraham's generation, he wouldn't have amounted to anything. Well, what does that mean? He was still righteous. The answer is that in Abraham's generation, in the milieu of Abraham, in Abraham's ethos, if you're just righteous for yourself, if you're not spreading that message onward, that's not worth anything. That doesn't scale. If you're going to change the world, 
No matter how great you are, of course, that's going to help you and your family. But you guys might just end up in the ark and everyone else is destroyed. What about bringing the world along with you? And it's, it's remarkable that you see this, this, uh, this contrast between Noah and Abraham. Both of them faced with similar circumstances and their attitudes in dealing with them show how they treated or how they exercised their righteousness. It's really interesting that there's this what's called the seven Noahide laws. Uh, Abraham is the first one to be given the eighth mitzvah, so to speak. The mitzvah that's going to be the first of the 613 that are going to be exclusively for the Jews. Whereas Noah, Noah is universal. What Noah demonstrates, what Noah manifests, what Noah personifies is the fact that you have to be righteous on your own merit. That's it. You're not making the world, you're not fixing the world. You're not addressing the big problems. And therefore, what's the Noahide mitzvahs? Yeah, be righteous, be moral, be good, be a, be a positive asset to society. It's not about tikkun olam. It's not about fixing the world. Whereas Abraham, his, his ideology, that's all about changing the world for the better. And therefore, the idea of a mitzvah that's not just to keep the world uh, at status quo, to don't mess up the world for everyone else. Right? That's the Noahide mitzvahs. Whereas Abraham, it's okay. Let's fix the fundamental flaws that are uh, in the, that that are causing the whole problem uh, that needs to be fixed. And that's why Noah was a tzaddik, but not quite in the level of Abraham. Right? And, and and thus us as descendants of Abraham, we're told is that we have a grander mission. We have to try to find a way not to have an ark, but to avoid the flood entirely. Right to fix the fundamental flaw that would allow the development of humanity. But I think it's a good lesson uh, for us that whenever, whatever greatness we have, whatever piety that we have, if we're a tzaddik, let's not keep it just with ourselves. Let's try to pass that message onward in the Abrahamic uh, legacy. And I think there's a third lesson that we could take from this Noah and Abraham comparison. It's interesting. You know, we're told Noah's righteous. And the sages say, well, is he really righteous? Is he as righteous as Abraham? It's interesting that the Torah says clearly he's righteous. Well, why don't we just suffice with that? Additionally, to be told that had Noah been in the generation of, of Abraham, he would amount to nothing? Really? Nothing? He's righteous after all. What is this idea? And I think these two opinions of Noah versus Abraham, they show us the two ways that we ourselves can progress spiritually. The first opinion says that had he been in the generation of Abraham, he would have been even greater. What that means is that Noah was facing resistance. Everywhere around him, there was evil. And he had to forge ahead despite heavy headwinds, despite opposition. Imagine what he would have been had he had better company around him. This is one kind of growth in a bad environment. You're growing despite your surroundings. That's the first opinion. The second opinion says is that no, had Noah not been in a generation of sinners, had he been with Abraham, he would indeed have amounted to nothing because the way Noah grew was not despite his surroundings, but specifically because of his surroundings. Noah was someone who thrived in a chaotic environment. He was given energy from the fact that there's sinners all around him. That emboldened him. 
And he, he was, they say, like about Churchill. Churchill was someone who thrived in wartime. But once the war is over, he was, uh, he was, he wasn't a great leader. He needed the fight. He needed the opposition. He needed the villain to really bring out his abilities. Noah was like that. He, he saw sin around him and that galvanized him to become great. But had he been in the generation of Abraham, things are okay. That wouldn't have spurred him to become a great Sadiq. And what this is telling us, I think maybe we could use both of them. We have to try to find an avenue of growth in every kind of environment. When you're surrounded by good people, by righteous people, by people that are admirable, the people you could grow from, you have to harness that greatness and try to inculcate as much as you, as you can within yourself and try to use that as an impetus for becoming a better person. Well, what about when you're surrounded in a bad society? Then you have to kind of flip the switch and turn on the Noah mode and say, these people are so bad, I'm going to become even greater than I possibly could. I'm going to use this as a catalyst uh, for future growth. And I think thus, when the Torah is giving us all these descriptions of Noah and we see positive and we see negative, we see criticism, I think there's lessons to be learned for us of how we can ensure that we too become a tzaddik as much as we can in our generation, despite our generation, because of our generation, and become, maximize our potential, become greater people. I think it's a very powerful lesson from uh, from the story and from the parsha of, of Noah.